As we move into our passage today, we are going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes. And perhaps if you're familiar with the passage out of Ecclesiastes 3, you heard me almost quoting that, but with fruit snacks rather than what's actually there in Ecclesiastes. And as we uh, think of this passage, one of the questions I would ask for you is, what do you consider to be a defining moment of your life? So what's a moment in your life that really determines who you are right now? The person that you are sitting in that chair now, what event has been very significant in forming that, forming who you are? And I'm not talking necessarily about benchmark events in your life. So it's not like I'm talking about maybe finishing school or starting a new job or marriage or not marriage. And, you know, those are the kind of events that we just kind of mark our life with sometime. I'm talking about the events that have really formed who you are. And as you think of that, hopefully you had some moments that came into your mind as I was talking. And, you know, often those moments are unpleasant, aren't they? The moments that have so informed who you are right now were unpleasant when you went through it. And certainly at the moment, if you had a chance to say, oh, get me out of this, you would have been like, get me out. I do not want to experience that. But now I ask you, as you look back on that moment, maybe with years or decades, what would you say? Would you, would you still go through that? When you've seen the person that you are that has come out of that moment, would you still go through that? Kind of one of these little conundrums, isn't it? We're not quite sure what we might do. And I want us to think now of a, of a biblical story. And I want us to think specifically of the story of the crucifixion of Jesus. And I want you to drop yourself into that story. And you are now Pontius Pilate. So this is who you are in the story of the crucifixion of Jesus. And Pontius Pilate was... The Roman official who really makes the thumbs up or thumbs down decision on whether Jesus will be crucified. And as we would look through that story, we would see Pontius kind of weighing these different choices. What do I do? Is it going to be yes or no? And he's, he's a politician. He's trying to figure out what's going to be best for him in the long term. But you're Pontius Pilate. What do you do? From one side, you say, Oh, no way. No way would I let him crucify Jesus. He's perfect. He's the perfect son of God. He's done nothing wrong. It's completely unjust to let him go upon that cross. But then you find yourself, but it's through that cross, it's through the death of Jesus that we have a relationship with God. It's through the death of Jesus on the cross and then his resurrection to life eternal that the consequences of my sins are paid for. It's because of the cross that I find myself a child of God. An unfair question. An unfair question. Such examples reflect on the complexity of life that we face. In this complex life we find. That often our greatest hurts. Foster 
our greatest joy. Our greatest joys foster our greatest With that, I'm going to be reading for us from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8. And as I, I send out on email, sent out a link, Song by the Birds, Turn, 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 from 1965. It's a long time ago. Um, I guess it depends on perspective. And... Um, Perhaps you didn't realize that the birds in 1965 singing the popular tune at the time, Turn, Turn, was an exact quote of Ecclesiastes 3. Um, if you happen to look on the uh, email, um, well, if you got down to the, uh, there, there was a little comic. And so there were these two little kids um, talking about this passage out of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes and one of them asked, you know, no, is that, uh, is that, are you talking about the birds? Are you, are you talking about the Bible in Ecclesiastes 3? And the other one responds, oh, uh, they're from the same vintage. <laughs> there we go. All right, let me, let me read for us. Ecclesiastes 3, I'm beginning in verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. Time for war. Time. This is the word of the, of the Lord. As we look at this, first thing I want us to see is I want us to see how this passage informs us to embrace the cyclical nature Life has a cycle that simply continues on and on. And we see it from the very beginning of this passage that it reminds us that there is a time to be born, a time. And perhaps somewhere in your family, among your friends, there has been a recent birth and you can remember the joy and the celebration that was part of that new life being brought into this world. And here as we're even gathering here together. We're remembering the loss of life and the sorrow that comes with people. It is the nature of life. Time to be born. Time. And as the passage reminds us, in this cycle, there's a time to plant. There's a time to uproot. There's a time that you tear down. Sometimes you build up. Sometimes you gather, sometimes you scatter, sometimes you weep, and sometimes you laugh. And this cycle, as these things come back and forth, are simply part of our earthly existence. It is inescapable. And we see the cyclical nature 
experienced in the life of Jesus Christ as well. We see when he came to earth for 30 years, it was a time to not minister. And yet at about the age of 30, realized it was now for him a time to minister. As we look through the story of Jesus, we see him moving off to himself to pray. A time for solitude. We see him so often with others. A time social. We even see Jesus in his hometown. Who says there cannot be miracles performed there. Time to no miracles. But in other places, his wondrous powers flow. A time for. And even in the story of Jesus, we see there was a time to mourn and a time. But one of the great hopes that we have in Jesus is Jesus defeated that, si that cycle of death. As he was raised to life eternal, our hope is in Jesus who defeated Power of death, defeated the permanence of breaks that cycle. But for now, we live in that cycle. Cycle with life, things come in and things go out. And just as Jesus experienced that in his own life, so do we. So do we. But we live in a culture that does not embrace the cycle of life. Have you ever noticed that? Like people around us, they don't, they don't want the bad things, do they? Of course not. If this is life, is all it is, you want just the good. You want there to be laughing and no weeping. You want there to be dancing and no mourning. You want to be building without ever tearing down. That is the culture of which we live. The culture to avoid the bad and seek only the good. We see it with our kids and our children, that there is a culture of no losing. There's a culture, no one's a loser, right? You, 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 you see people as a, and you can't do anything without there being a loser, because if you're a loser, you might feel bad. We don't want you to lose. We don't want you to feel bad. We want you to feel good. Always want you to feel good. We see it for older people as there's so many self-help philosophies that come in so many different forms. Each of these working under the same premise. Some sort of shortcut to success. That somehow you can achieve the good without walking through the bad. Just this secret method, this secret way, this hidden truth that's been shielded from you all. I've got the answer. Certainly we see it well, as people seek to experience only the good and avoid the bad. It's identified through consumer debt, which is all on the increase, right? People saying, I've got to have something I can't afford. I want more than my life's means should give to me. And one of the ironies of consumer debt is the more money you make, the greater consumer debt you have. So however much you have, you even want more. You, you get more, you still want more. Always looking for the good out walking.
and this culture that we live in is influenced by this idea that life is finite. This life is all you have. These years that you have, it's all you have. And you should make the best of it. Make the most of it. Don't let a moment pass you by. Because this is it. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we have an entirely different perspective on life. We live not with a finite perspective, but with an infinite perspective. We live with the notion that our God is eternal. And as children of God, we are eternal as well. And our life's purpose isn't to make the most of these few years that we have and to experience as much pleasure and excitement and good things during this walk upon this earth. But rather, we live as we journey with the saints. We journey with those who've gone before us and we journey with those who've come after us. As we come and seek to serve God and build up the kingdom of God, we find ourselves influenced by the saints before us. And we know that we will leave a legacy and the saints come after us. That is our plan. We will continue on until that process, until our Lord Jesus returns. But until then, we are journeying with the saints before and after us. And we find that here on this earth, as we seek to build the kingdom of God, our purpose might be simply summarized as to follow Jesus and do good, not grab and protect all part the benefit that comes from our prioritizing of following Jesus Christ in this is that it allows us to enjoy the good and endure bad. We can enjoy the good and endure the bad because we realize there is purpose in both seasons of life. Is your life going well? Enjoy the moment. You don't need to protect it. No one's going to take it from you. We're not worried about people trying to take it from you. Is life going okay, right? Is your family doing well? Do you feel a certain financial security? Are you having professional success? Are your relationships as you want them to be? Enjoy it. There's no guilt. There's no guilt in a good life. There's no guilt in a happy season of life. Such seasons allow us so to do greater good to those around us, to bless others with the excess that we have. Maybe your life isn't like that. Maybe life is a little harder for you than that right now. Maybe relationships in your life aren't what you had hoped they would be. Maybe there's brokenness, people that you wish wasn't there. Maybe there's loss that you've experienced. Maybe professionally, it's just not happening for you. You're going through a season of disappointment. You know, and I, I feel like there's some people at these seasons, right? It's not months, it's not years, it's decades. There's sometimes there's just people who have far decades of life. In the midst of those, 
We come with the assurance that such seasons are not a punishment, not God judging us. Now, if you're committing sin, there's, there's consequences that come with that. Sin brings destruction upon your life. So if you're in the midst of many choices, absolutely you can expect some destruction in you. But outside of that, we come through those difficult seasons, we say God has a purpose for that. These difficult moments of life are often a season of spiritual, a time where we find ourselves grabbing closer to our God, experiencing the presence of God like we have never felt before. Yeah. There, there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. And as the motorcycle was zooming by, uh, that, was, that was the time be silent. And as I was thinking of uh, me, um, just an experience out of uh, who I am, and as we think of this idea that there are seasons of our life that we have, seasons where we're, we're being blessed, life is going well, we can do good. There are seasons where life is going poor, and we have less margin in our life for good, but often in a season of growth. I was thinking of my, my own swimming ability. Let me explain to you how this connects. So I, I am not a great swimmer. And so you put me in the water, you drop me in the water, and I'm guessing I spend about 70% of my energy trying to survive. And about 30% of my energy actually making some sort of progress. Now you put some people in the water, they just bob right up to the top. And such people spend about 100% of their energy making progress. Obviously, you put us in the water, we're going to go at two different paces. Where are you at in life? You think of the swimming ability. Are you just surviving? Are you spending 70% of your effort to just survive? Are you spending 90% of your effort to just survive? 100% of who you are just to survive? Then survive probably not going to go far, but that's okay. You're surviving, and there'll be a season. There'll be a season later where you don't have to spend so much energy. And then when that season comes and life is going a little better, you go far. You do good. You help others. Sometimes in life, we survive. Sometimes in life, 